Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Season 10 Vanderpump Rules Reunion Part 3 Recap starts now. Let's go, girls. Let's go, girl. (laughs) I feel like I need a cigarette. Does anyone else need a cigarette? Somebody get me a Marlboro Light. Matt, light up the cig and get it in my mouth. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. We're going to be talking about the finale episode of The Scandal of It All. So much was going on. Of course, those last five minutes that were teased forever. And this is the end of The Scandal, seemingly. I think there's going to be one more episode next week that's going to be a shit they should have shown or one of those bonus scene episodes. We will be seated and watching it. However, this seems to be the end of all the main stuff. And we, of course, have so much to go through tonight. And my head is buzzing. It's been buzzing every week. I watch this episode live. And so this episode of Everything Iconic is going to be unedited, unfiltered, uncensored, all of the un-things. Because I had to go straight to the microphone immediately after watching the episode. And they did not send out press screeners. So we are getting right to it. And the inside of my brain is all scandal. I'm excited for this to end because want to know what the inside of my brain sounds like? Here it is. Well, that's great. I reject it. Well, that's great. I reject it. Well, that's great. I reject it. That's exactly what's going on inside of my head. It's like the Uber one, good as gold commercial. It's them yelling at each other in their unions. It's DJ James Kennedy yelling worm with a mustache at Tom Zinsville. I mean, a lot is playing in my head over and over again. And so I'm glad that we're finally at the end of it because I don't know how much more my body can handle. I'm in fight or flight mode these days. How many months of this have we been going through? And I've been trying to report to the people, get on the microphone. And so I'm very excited that we've reached the end. However, I am devastated that it's over because this was some of the best TV. I mean, truly on the edge of my, I feel like I say that every week, but on the edge of my seat, I just feel my blood flowing in a different way. And again, I say I'm on Diet Coke this week because I did uh, have to record this episode later than I normally do. So I had an extra large Diet Coke this week. So apologies in advance. But uh, so much Vanderpump Rules stuff is just in the ether right now. And so I'm glad for it to give us a little bit of a break on the off season. And then, of course, we'll come back and get back into it. But speaking of the off season, I do have some news real quickly before we get into the rest of the episode of Vanderpump Rules, which so much to discuss. But I am going back on tour. I'm so super excited. So come see me. I'm going to be in a bunch of cities in October. I'm Cleveland, Chicago, uh, Philadelphia, and DC, which I was supposed to do before the pandemic. And unfortunately, those were canceled because of the pandemic, but I finally got them rescheduled. Also going to be in Nashville, San Francisco, New York is already, I believe, sold out already. And tickets just went on sale today. So it's already selling out. So get your tickets and come see me in Cleveland uh, as well. I'll be there. That'll be the first stop. And then all the other cities uh, following that. But you get tickets at everythingiconic.com. 
com, everythingiconic.com at the top of the page. There's a live show link. It's going to be super fun. If you haven't been to one of the live shows, I think they're really, really fun. And we have this incredible video that opens the show that is exclusive to the tour. And then we do not record the tours, so they will not be released on the podcast feed because I maybe get a little messy live. I maybe say some things that I shouldn't. So uh, we will also be covering all the Bravo stuff that comes on at that time. I don't know what's going to be airing in October, but we'll be covering it live on tour. So come see me, everythingiconic.com for tickets. Again, New York's already, I believe, sold out, and the other tickets are going fast. So get those tickets, get those tickets. All right, back to Vanderpump Rules. And thank you to all of you who did already get tickets. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I just put the announcement up on my Instagram page, and then New York already sold out so quickly. So thank you, thank you, thank you. They might be opening up more tickets to New York. I don't know. We're going to see. We're uh, working on that. Anyway, uh, Vanderpump Rules. Here's the thing that I want to say about Vanderpump Rules before we even really get into the episode. I heard from some friends. Some friends of mine were at a graduation party. You know, it's graduation party season. And I have a friend who, uh, she worked with a very famous family and went to this graduation party with a lot of like young Hollywood kids, right? Like 18-year-old Hollywood kids. And my friend told me that they were all obsessed with the skin of all of it all. She said they were all sitting around and they were talking about Vanderpump Rules and they were talking about TikTok Vanderpump Rules and they were watching from the beginning. And this was surprising to me because this is our nation's youths. And for so long, Vanderpump Rules was on the outskirts. I mean, it was flopping hard the past couple of seasons. It was flopping hard. They were on their last lifeline. They were barely surviving. And then the Scandal comes along and now these 18-year-old uh, Hollywood types are watching Vanderpump Rules. And so it makes me feel good about the state of our nation. And maybe I should feel the opposite of that. Maybe I should feel differently. But I feel like that that makes me, it gives me a faith in our youth. And so much is happening in the world. And we, of course, need our youth to lead the way. I believe the children are the future. And if the children are watching Vanderpump Rules, it's a future I want to be a part of. Ladies, am I right? So I'm very happy about that. And also happy to know that the Vanderpump Rules cast still has some impact. You know, they're getting all these brand deals left and right. Savings! And now they're impacting the youth. Savings, by the way. (laughs) That is Lala in the Uber One Good as Gold commercial. So if you haven't heard that commercial, it's the best commercial I've ever heard in my life. Like it's just the good as gold remix and Lala just yelling savings, savings, savings. And that song is already so ridiculous. And I don't know if you guys post on your Instagram stories, but you know how you can add music. Every time I add that song, it's like a big jump scare. Like That song good as gold no matter what, you put it on a story, and if somebody's flipping through, it's a jump scare because you there's no part of that song really that's like a calm part of the song. Or you know how most pop songs they have sort of a slower build or a slower intro, and then it gets it builds and builds and builds. Well, good as, good as gold just like starts off strong from the beginning. It's like, cause I'm good as gold. <laughs> And she's basically like shouting at us, you know, I'm talking about Sheena behind the microphone. And God bless her for it, because that song is a hit. But there is not a single downbeat of that song. And so anytime you put it up on the Instagram stories, somebody's flipping through the stories, they get to a a slide with that song on it. It's just Sheena Shea being like, because we're good as gold. (laughs) Savings. And now we got a remix, which is Lala. Savings. I love it. But the whole song, really, like I've memorized the song. It's sick. It's sick. And I'm not talking about the original version. I'm saying I've memorized the Uber One version with the the Ariana and with Lala Yellen Savings. I mean, it's too good. It's too good. It's too good. Uh, Okay, so what else is happening on this show? I mean, 
<sighs> I mentioned the tour. I mentioned the 18-year-old kids who are watching Vanderpump Rules. Oh, we got to talk about, I'm skipping ahead to this one part of the Vanderpump Rules reunion that really made me laugh. And it's when Raquel, uh, she made a sound that was very like Roger Rabbity. And the whole reunion, I didn't feel like she added, showed any remorse until really the end of that. Uh, the ending where we finally seeing her in that interview with the producer. I mean, chilling uh, end to this whole thing. But... The rest of the reunion, I felt like she was just giving these canned responses that were very clearly planned out. And we found out at the end of the episode, they were actually planned out between her and Tom Zinzaval, who Zinzaval kept saying, she's got to say certain lies and she's got to adhere to his timeline and was giving her bullshit reasons, that demon. Anyway, so the whole reunion, most of it, she's not showing any remorse or anytime she is apologizing, it's just like, oh, I felt so cringe watching that, you know, like there's not much. And then there was one part where she just made the sound that was very much, like, <laughs> it was very much like Roger Rabbit. So if you don't know that show or that movie, Roger Rabbit, Roger Rabbit's a cartoon character and he does a lot of like, <laughs> And there was one moment, there was one moment where she's like, uh, Andy asks her something like, well, how did you feel about all this? You know, after you had been sleeping with one of your best friends, significant others who she owns a house with for nine months, and you were being so diabolical, even Andy straight to her face called her diabolical. Well, one of the times where they were questioning her, she's just like, yeah, it was, it was bad. <laughs> she makes the Roger Rabbit sound. And it, it she's like, I've always been a people pleaser. And she did this. Or I, it, <laughs> it's the funniest fucking thing in my whole life. But it, no remorse. And she, how, do you feel bad at all, Raquel? And she's like, well, I've always been a people pleaser. <laughs> the most inappropriate responses to someone, your boss, Andy Cohen, calling you diabolical on camera. And even LVP was saying, like, what the fuck? She, LVP didn't even seem to know everything that was going on. There's one point where Andy's explaining something about a Halloween costume or whatever, and Tom Zinzaval dressing up as Rachel for Halloween. And then LVP's like, you did what? And then she couldn't even believe it. LVP's voice even changed at one second. She went from LVP to Nanny McPhee in two seconds flat because all of a sudden that British accent came out even stronger than ever. And she's like, what? You did what? I can't do it. I can't do a British accent. And neither can Tom Zinzval either because he tried to do it at one point to imitate DJ James Kennedy. Pantene! And then uh, he couldn't do it. Ariana had to make fun of that British accent. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Every time she yelled at him to shut the fuck up, I loved it. Shut the f- up. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. And then there's so much was going on in this whole reunion, too. We had Sheena in the uh, thing 100 yards away with some sun chips and a white claw. I mean, she was gripping that white claw with her grippers. She was gripping it hard, gripping it hard. And then she had the sun chips. And then Allie and Brock came. They were having a party. Reboot the people's couch with those three because I want to see them watch TV. It was too thrilling. And I don't know if I was just blinded by the scandal, but... I wanted to see more Shishi in that trailer 100 yards away. I loved it. I loved every second of her with that white claw and the sun chips. And Brock was just being supportive. And she was watching all the footage. And I love that they had a camera on her. I mean, I wonder how much production they had to have on this thing. Because it seemed like they had multiple, they had the camera crew on the stage. But then they always seemed to have cameras 100 yards away. And then they have them backstage, following them backstage. They have to bring in new people or more extra people or something for the reunion? I don't know. I don't know. But Zinzval's a liar. And he had so many disgusting moments. So many disgusting moments. 
and we'll get to some of them in a second, but I just have to say that one moment where he talks about the, I hate to even say it, when he talks about having sex with Ariana, his beautiful, significant other of nine years, who he bought a house with, and wrote a cocktail book with, along with me. He said that they had sex, and then he said, "Oh yeah, he, uh, oh yeah, oh he, she, she, and she even kept her shirt on. Oh, so hot. Oh, uh, and he was being sarcastic about it. And I thought, electric chair, just disgusting, just disgusting. That's what you have to say on the reunion stage that she had. Sex. You're lucky that she had sex with you. You should be groveling at her feet. Disgusting piece of shit. Anyway, I'm sorry. Okay, I'll be getting worked up this episode too. By the way." Sit tight, little bear. Okay, so uh, at the beginning of this thing, though, once Shishi's off in the trailer with them sun chips, Andy asked the group about Havasu, about Lake Havasu. And by the way, I've never heard the word Havasu my whole fucking life. And I live on the West Coast. I live in California. And I never knew what Havasu was. And now it's like Toka Madera. Remember, longtime Vanderpump Rules uh, viewers know Toka Madera. Remember Toka Madera? It was a restaurant on Vanderpump Rules, and there was a season where they kept saying, oh, you were at Took Madera, you fucking someone at Took Madera, you made out with someone at Took Madera. And it was like, Took Madera, Took Madera, Took Madera. And now, this season, I feel like Havasu is the new Took Madera, because these are places that could be made-up words. I, I, if you would have told me three months ago, or however long before this uh, Lake Havasu episode aired, I'd have uh, thought that was a made-up word. I'm sorry. I just, I never, it would never entered my brain or my vocabulary in my entire life. And then now, all of a sudden, Vanderpump Rules Season 10 airs, and uh, what's playing inside my head is just like, Lala Kent yelling savings. Savings! And the word Havasu. Lake Havasu. Lake Havasu. Lake Havasu. Anyway, Andy asks about Lake Havasu. And then we have this whole basically this ad for LVP's Las Vegas restaurants. I don't know what we were doing that for. I mean, I know she's got to save some money. Saving! But I don't think that we need this whole... I was sitting there at the beginning of the part three of the reunion. I'm like, do we really have to spend this time talking about Vegas gardens in Las Vegas? I don't care about LB, LVP's convenient mart in Vegas. I'm sorry. I'm glad it's thriving. And I love. I went to the one in Caesars Palace. She opened the one in Paris, too. I haven't been to that one. But it's a beautiful restaurant. Gorgeous drinks and gorgeous ambiance. Although those fucking branches will hit you every which way. That was my problem at Pump, too. You'd be walking through Pump and you hit your head in an olive branch. I'm 6'3". I can't be walking through establishments like that where you got fucking plants everywhere. What do you? What is this, a rainforest cafe? Like, let's trim the trees in your restaurants. I go to there to eat. I don't need to be in the rainforest. I don't need to be in the middle of the jungle. And that's how it feels sometimes going to these Vegas restaurants or LVP's restaurants. And so although I love them, I'm just saying maybe we need to trim the trees. Can we get some hedge clippers in there? Because it feels like every restaurant, there's so many trees. And they showed some footage of it because she had this whole, it was basically a package about the LVP Vegas restaurants. But again, I'm saying, I don't care about this right now. Like, we have Scandaval to deal with, but then we got to talk about how successful. I'm like, great, it's successful. Like, let's get to Rachel. Like, I want to know what was going on in the hot tub. Like, let's talk about Lake Havasu. Instead, we're talking about these restaurants with all them fucking trees. And so, look, and I love trees. Uh, God bless the plants. I I don't want anyone to misconstrue what I'm saying. I'm just, I just don't know that we need them in the restaurants. And remember, they had that one, didn't they have a, like a statue dog with some jewels on it? And weren't, wasn't that a thing? <laughs> Am I making this up? Do you remember when they show when they were in the Vegas restaurant? Remember there was like a dog statue or something with jewelry on it? It's like, I don't know that we need that in there either. But I don't know. What do I know? I'm not a restaurateur. I'm not a restaurateur. I would, though, if I was doing a restaurant, not put it in a strip mall next to a pet store and then serve lobster corn dogs. But that's just me. Okay. 
pick up what I'm saying. Uh, so then, so Andy's asking about Havasu. And we stop everything to talk about LVP's Vegas restaurant. And uh, Rachel's out there, and she talks about how drunk she was in Vegas. She said she was shocked at how drunk she was. She said over the summer, she tried to focus on pleasing herself instead of other people, and she admits that she was selfish. And this is when Ariana's yelling at her, and she calls her subhuman and all these other names. And Rachel says, well, my actions are human. And then everybody just goes, nope, they're not. (laughs) And they're not. I mean, they're not. They're not. And really, the only humanity I really saw was at the end of the episode. And I I thought, finally, those last five minutes, I thought, finally, we're getting some humanity out of this person. Because she's giggling. She's giving us the Roger Rabbit. Like, well, can't believe I did that. Like, well, like, that's the kind of noise that my dad makes when he sits down to watch a Tulsa King. Like, that's the, he sits down with the remote after a long day of work and he goes to put on his Sylvester Stallone Paramount Plus show and he just goes, like, that's the kind of sound he makes. So the fact that Rachel was making that sound as she's a cop into the affair that she had with one of her best friends, significant others, who runs a bar in a strip mall next to a pet store serving lobster corn dogs that look disgusting. Uh, the fact that she's making that sound is not okay. It's not normal. And so then finally, by the end of the episode, we got some humanity and she wasn't doing the like, what the fuck was that? Anyway, she was not acting human, I don't believe. And there have been allegations, you know, if you listen to this podcast, I had said earlier in the season that I thought maybe possibly it was conceivable that Sheena and Brock could be AI. And now I'm, there have been rumblings. I'm just saying I've seen rumblings. I've seen it on the internet that perhaps maybe Rachel is AI. And we don't know. We don't know. I mean, that's a a lot of problems right now in all of our industries. We're all wondering, like, where is this AI? And now I'm looking at our shows, our stories. I'm looking at them all through a magnifying glass because I'm thinking, well, is this person AI? Because it seems to me that could be the only explanation. And if you're not familiar with AI, everything AI is like a little off, right? Because the technology is not there yet. It's not there. And quite frankly, we need to get this all fucking figured out because we're all going to be regretting it in the future if we don't figure it out now. But that's a tale for another time. The point is, Rachel, I think it's conceivably it has that uncanny valley AI feeling. And so by the end, I was like, is this when they showed that other interview where she was sitting down with the producer and finally showing that humanity? I was like, is that the non-AI version? You know, like maybe maybe they mic'd up the wrong one or something. Like, that's what I was thinking. Like, maybe the producers, when they reached out, you know, they couldn't get a hold of Rachel in between the reunion and filming, uh, that other extra footage. And I thought, maybe they reached out to the wrong person and they got, like, the original Rachel, 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 whatever. What are we calling her these days? I can't keep up. And maybe they got reached out to the AI version instead. So I don't know. I don't, these, I don't, I hate to throw that, these rumors out there. But I'm just saying, it's probably true that she's AI. Uh, anyway, Ariana's yelling at her. Uh, uh, Lala keeps standing up. She can't even sit down enough. She can't stop yelling across the room. She keeps yelling at Tom Zinsvall to shut the fuck up. And uh, it's really a lot going on. And I didn't watch the Peacock version. I watched the censored version on Bravo. And I wish I wasn't getting the censored version because it was a lot of yelling over each other. And a lot of people calling each other diabolical and yelling... Uh, about you're not human and you're subhuman. And then uh, Ariana at one point yelled, fuck yourself with a fucking cheese grater. And I just thought I would have liked that uncensored because that's a great line. She had a lot of great lines too, by the way, a lot of great lines. And they felt improvised to me. They did not felt pre-written. 
Zinzaval and that other one, they had all their stuff pre-written. You could tell. But Ariana was coming in there. It was like burn after burn. Like, fuck yourself with a cheese grater. Oh, you like Harry Potter. Oh, like she was getting in all these digs that felt so improvised. Felt like I was at a Groundlings performance or I was at a Second City show or something, you know, like an improv. I mean, this was Improv Olympics. Forget the other company called Improv Olympics because this was the Olympics of improv to me because she was just giving burn after burn after burn. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. And there was one point where Sinzaval says, uh, we don't... Um, sit tight if you're driving pullover, because this is a shocking quote. He says, we don't live our lives by logic. No shit, you dummy. No shit, you dummy. I don't know what else to say besides no shit, you dummy at all. Nothing else to say. Uh, Okay, so then Lala talks about this mistress thing. We talked about this a lot in the season. She said she wasn't a mistress. Randall lied to her. And we've had this conversation a hundred times. And I, I'm sort of over it. I'm over the picking apart the word mistress. I think Lala is claiming that she did not know that she was a mistress. And it's still confusing to me. They showed a clip package of Lala. And it was like, I still don't quite understand if she was saying she did know that he was married or didn't. Like, I couldn't keep up. And I think a lot of that was because my brain was elsewhere. I was trying to focus on the scandal that when it comes to all this Randall stuff, it's like, I'll figure it out later with a Hulu doc. Like, I don't have time for this at the moment, Andy Cohen. And we love Andy, and I know he's trying to get a lot in here. I just felt like this is not what I'm interested in. This time should be spent in Shishi's trailer 100 yards away with them sun chips and the White Claw. Because that's that's the kind of footage, that's what I'm my brain is going towards. At least it's sort of scandal related. But with the Randall stuff, I'm just, I don't know, it's just not clicking. For, and and I, he's awful. I think that Randall's an awful demon, and I'm on Lala's side with it. I just don't know that I care. I just don't know that I care. Uh, I loved, uh, we mentioned Allie and Brock arriving in Shishi's trailer. Loved it. Uh, Andy talked to Schwartz about the makeout. And Schwartz was like, wait, did I? <laughs> Schwartz, I mean, Schwartz is cracking. Not only was he cracking on this reunion stage, but I also saw that he was on a podcast uh, with um, Dax and Kentucky Muffin. They were on a podcast together. I didn't listen, but I saw like somebody posted the rundown of it. And so uh, supposedly, he's not as close with Tom Zinsval anymore. He seemed to be distancing himself. So I don't know. People are going to have to listen and find out. I didn't get a chance to. But he was saying that they were seemingly distant. That's what I read. And so I'm taking his fact. I think he's sort of pulling away from Thompson's of all, which is going to be hard because you own businesses with this demon and you're a demon too, by the way. But he was saying like, do I look like that when I make out with someone? Do I look like, I thought I looked sexy. Do I look like that? And Katie was like, it looked like a father daughter. It looked like a father daughter. Katie didn't really talk much this reunion, but I still loved her presence. <laughs> I felt like when she did talk, it mattered. Like at one point she called Schwartz a see you next Tuesday and a drunk, or maybe she called the other one. I don't know. I might mix them up or something, but it was like, she it was just getting at her points when she needed to get them off and she was being supportive. But I think sometimes what happened with Lala and James, and I loved watching them, but sometimes I felt like they got a little too engaged. And one of the common criticisms is like those two, it's hypocritical of them to get so, and Andy even brought this up, like hypocritical of them to get so engaged over the scandal. But I felt like Katie really kept her cool. And Katie, lest us not forget, the only person really... I mean, she hadn't been in a a cheating scandal, right? Like she had her husband uh, cheat on her multiple, multiple times, but she had never been with someone. So uh, that was, 
I just thought she did a good performance. I thought she did a good performance. And by the end, I liked her dress even more than I did at the beginning. And so there you go. There you go. Anyway, she said it looked like uh, Schwartz and Rachel making out was like father-daughter or grandma, grandma-daughter or something. And it did. It was like creepy. It was creepy. And I don't understand if like, does Schwartz just not have self-awareness? I feel like he's just not self-aware of like the things that are going on in his life. And I hope that he gets the self-awareness. Uh, anyway, the James and Lala affair of it all, which comes up again, and they showed footage of when James had first started dating Raquel and how Lala and James had hooked up at the beginning of that. And yes, this is hypocritical. And people keep yelling me about this, because about this. I don't know why I said it like that. People keep yelling at me about them being hypocritical. I think there's a big difference. This is my opinion. Maybe some of you have a different opinion. But I think when it comes to like that kind of thing, James and Lala were in their early 20s in new relationships that weren't living together or that all that serious. And so it's certainly not excusing the fact that James was in a relationship and slept with Lala or Lala was in a relationship and slept with James. I don't think that's excusing it. But I think that there's a big difference between this kind of cheating with the Scandival and then that kind of cheating. So that's where I stand on it. And a lot of people are just saying, well, no, they cheated. It was infidelity. It was uh, whatever. But that's where I think the big difference is because in your 20s, and I know Rachel's in her 20s, I believe. Is she? I don't know what how old is she at? 28 or something? So she's younger. But that other demon is much older, so he should know better. And in 20, I think Rachel's probably 28 or something, so she should know by now. But Early 20s in a new, early relationship, like a few months, like those kinds of things happen. I'm not saying I would be thrilled if it happened to me. I'm just saying, like, there's a difference between nine years and six months, my opinion. Okay. Uh, there is a point where Rachel, she starts talking and her voice starts shaking. She, you know, she always kind of has that shaking thing, but she takes a second to breathe, which is a good reminder to us all, all of us. Take a minute to breathe, especially during these dark times of Scandal. Take a moment to breathe. But she's like, I... A lot of people make mistakes. A lot of people make mistakes. Sorry, my voice is shaking. I want to take a minute. And then Lala says, um, my love, <laughs> Lala says, my love, I think you need to get mentally evaluated. And then Rachel's like, yeah, I am getting mentally evaluated. Thanks. Like, I am doing that. And I'm happy for her. Uh, but it was funny. She was like, I, I felt like, Raquel's response to Lala saying you need to get mentally evaluated, her response was like, yeah, well, I am. <laughs> she thought it was a burn. Ah, oh, I loved it. I loved it. I also, you know what I also love about reunions? Every time Andy says, let's switch gears. Like there's something about when he says that, like a topic is going on a little too long. And then all of a sudden, Andy in the middle of a fight or in the middle of a topic or in the middle of a tense discussion, he's just like, let's switch gears. There's, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just, it's like a comfort. It's a comfort to me. Just him switching gears makes me feel good. I got to take off my sweatshirt. I'm like sweating. (laughs) Matt, turn on the fan. I'm sweating. Oh my God. By the way, Matt's not really here every time I say that. I know people have asked me, he's like, is Matt in the room? And it's like, no, he's nowhere to be found when I'm yelling at him. Um, Okay. So then we talk about the DJ James Kennedy and Tom Schwartz fight and James says he just was sensitive to it because he always wanted to play at this Imagine Festival with that DJ he worshipped the whole time. And every time Zinzaval tries to like speak during anything that has to do with DJ James Kennedy, DJ James Kennedy's like, shut the fuck up, Tom. Don't talk your worm with mustache. He just goes in on him so hard. And one of those times, Zinzaval says, you got to grow the fuck up. 
you got to grow the fuck up. And I thought, that's rich. That's rich coming from you. Well, that's great. I reject it. I reject it. You're saying to someone else, they got to grow up. Come on, Zinsval. Anyway, Andy tells James to apologize to Schwartz. And so James apologizes for his rant. So he doesn't apologize for throwing that drink on uh, Shula Schwartz on the beach. Oh my God, by the way, speaking of Shula Schwartz, did you guys see he went to Mars? He went to Mars. So there's this new reality show on Fox. I'm sorry to take this little detour, but I got to tell you, watch this show. It's called Men on Mars or no, uh, Stars on Mars. Stars on Mars. And it's very clear that they thought of the title before they came up with the concept. Somebody was like, that's a great title. Then they greenlit it. And so it's this reality show where people like Tom Schwartz and uh, one of the gals from Modern Family and Tanashi and who else is on there? Portia from the Real House of Atlanta. They're on that and they basically go to Mars, but it's not really Mars. It's just like this set that looks like Mars. It's the most bizarre fucking show, you guys. And by the way, I'm shocked by it because it's so bizarre yet it's the most boring thing i've ever seen like i was i couldn't believe they did it actually i couldn't believe maybe the academy needs to recognize them because i couldn't believe that they were able to accomplish such a feat by having such an insane premise for a show and yet making it so incredibly boring like i blown away blown away but shoeless is on there and he so shoeless is on mars and I, they forced him to wear an astronaut uniform, so he did have to close his uh, shoes and close his lower grip, so they got hoof covering on his feet. So at least for the first time in his life, he's showing up somewhere and he's got them toes covered. God bless. In uh, Mars, I guess he's got to wear shoes. But anyway, he shows up and it's this, the most insane show I've ever seen. And so don't watch it. Do not watch it. I hope they're not they're going to get mad at me. But please do not watch it because it is just crazy. It's just the craziest show, yet so incredibly boring. Um, okay, so where are we at here? Schwartz on Mars. Okay, let me look at my notes. I didn't even have that in my notes. <laughs> Schwartz on Mars. I can't believe they sent him to Mars. Uh, anyway, um, James, yes, so he apologizes for the things that he said in his rant, Schwartz, but not after that. Not after that. Okay, so then James, every time he like has this energy where he's like flipping out at Sandoval and he's like yelling... LVP is getting mad. And she said at one point, we're going to be here all night unless you stop. We're going to be here all night. And so I was watching this episode with my boyfriend, Matt. And I told you last week on the show, he kind of had some lip. Like he did not like LVP last week. And he shouted at the screen at her and said, you know, I'm sorry. He said, shut up when she said something. And so guess what? So this week, LVP was sitting there and she said, James, we're going to be here all night if you don't stop. LVP said to DJ James Kennedy. And you know what Matt shouted at the screen? Well, you can leave to LVP. You believe it? He said, well, you can leave. And I just started laughing. He was like ready for her to get the fuck out. How about you get the fuck out? That's what he was thinking. Get the fuck out then. because And I think we were all thinking that, by the way, too. Like, I, And I've loved LVP. But in this moment, I'm like, we can keep them there all night if we have to. Like, do not try to wrap this up quickly. Like, you can go. Like, I fully encourage LVP going back home to Ken, and he's probably already asleep like always, but then maybe she could just head on out to get a good night's sleep, and then we could finish up with the rest of this gang. Because I don't need LVP there. I'm happy and good as gold with Shishi in the trailer and the rest of the cast on the main stage, because I do not need to hear anything about them. Vegas convenient marts or whatever else is going on. And so that's, I just thought maybe she should, if she don't want to be there all night, like God bless, go. You shouldn't want to be there all night. Get out of here. 
Get out of here. Your name's on the show. We don't need you. If that's the kind of energy we're getting, you defending Tom Zinsval and then telling us to wrap it up. I don't want to wrap it up. We need it. This should have been a, this should have been a four parter. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say it. Somebody had to say it. Somebody had to say it. I believe that this should have been a four parter. It should have been a four parter, maybe even a five parter. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm getting a lot of heat for that because I know the only time I think we've ever had a four parter reunion was the Real House of Atlanta, that whole season where Phaedra and Portia were scamming, scheming. And so now I think that this warranted a four part. And so maybe if LVP would have stopped trying to wrap them up, maybe we could have gotten a four parter. So this is on her. This is on her. Anyway, uh, let's take a break here. We got to take a break and we'll come back. And we got so much more to talk about. The Billy Lee rumor that was floating around the valley. What was that about? We never even got a follow up. Where's the follow up? Let's take a break. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Thank you to ACAST. And we'll be right back. Look, the weather's getting warmer. You got to ditch the jackets, the sweaters, and you got to put on some shorts and tees. And if you're anything like me, you hate getting all the new stuff. But luckily, I've found Quince, and Quince makes it so easy uh, to get clothes. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found out about Quince. Now I've got high-quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all of the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos. Those are my personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow-knit activewear, and the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80%, less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes, which I love. Feel good about shopping with them. Now, again, I got those polos, but I also got some shorts, some t-shirts, just some basics that I can wear year-round. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 300 65 day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app 
to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy an experienced local Redfin agent, can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. And we're back. All right, ladies, we are back in the studio with the Good as Gold remix for Uber One. I got this Uber One tip for ya. Hot membership, oh yeah. To save on rides and eats. Savings. We're buzzing hunger is coming. Yes. Fucking love it. Song of the summer. Song of the fucking summer. Okay, so we got to talk about this. Uh, Andy asking about open relationships and the Abby situation. And Schwartz says that he thinks this whole thing came up because there was a rumor floating around the valley that Billy Lee had hooked up with Tom Zinzaval and Ariana at one point. And of course, they deny this whole thing. But I wish Andy would have followed up because there was this rumor that I think we might have talked about on the show that Billy Lee and Tom hooked up. I, one of the other cast members, former cast members, had said they believe it happened. I think Sheena said on her podcast that she thinks it happened. And so I wish Andy would have followed up or somebody would have followed up like, well, did you hook up with Billy Lee? Or I guess, I don't know. I just would have liked some sort of follow-up because we know Billy Lee. And oftentimes on these shows, there's like these accusations about people we don't know or we've never seen before. That's my problem with, let's say, The Real House in New Jersey. There's Danielle's brother keeps coming up, but we've not never laid eyes on him before. And so with Billy Lee, I'm like, okay, we should follow up on this because I have a reference point in my head. And so I wish we would have. I wish we would have, but we didn't. Um, James also made fun of the way Sanzival dance at the Abbey, which was so funny. He looked like one of those those inflatables outside of a car dealership. Like <laughs> that's that's how he was dancing uh, in mocking Tom Sanzival. I loved it. I loved it. Now a lot of the stuff is confusing because here's the deal: Rachel is talking about the timeline on stage with everybody, and they're. making these lies up about like they only hooked up that one time and then not in the hot tub and not ever at their house. And it's all these lies. And then by the end of the episode, we find out that these were all lies. And of course, she was coached by Tom Zinsval. And so it's really hard to talk about any of this stuff because it's like, well, is it what was true? What was not true? What was true? What was not true? Um, I mentioned Ariana when she was yelling at Rachel, she did have so many good lines. And she said to her, you're a dementor. I know you like Harry Potter. And she like made fun of him. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I loved that. And then she said to me, like, Ariana had all these good bits, but there was one moment where she said, like, I hope my dog haunts you. And I, <laughs> that to me, like, I got goosebumps. Like, you do not want someone's, of all things, like, I love a friendly ghost. But of all, you do not want someone's dog, Ariana's dog haunting you after you had an affair with uh, her significant other of nine months or uh, for nine months after they've owned a house for nine years or I might be getting my numbers off, but you get what I'm trying to say. Uh, The last thing that you want haunting you is that girl's dog. 
So she better watch out. That was the thing I was most worried about coming out of this reunion, actually, because I know that's probably what encouraged Rachel to finally come clean in that whole five minute end of the episode part with the producer, because she probably it sunk in finally. I believe that was the thing that made it finally sink in because Charlotte, the dog is haunting her. Charlotte, the dog and Charlotte might have ordinarily been a friendly ghost. But guess what? Uh, Charlotte ain't going to be a friendly ghost with that that woman, that the woman, because she was sleeping with Zinzval. And so you just know that dog is rough, rough, roughing in the afterlife all across Tom Zinzval's house and Rachel's apartment. And so there's some, I don't know, they might need to get an exorcist or something. I don't know how we get rid of that ghost. But you just know Charlotte. Charlotte's doing the Lord's work in the afterlife, just haunting the shit out of those two. And forever. And guess what? That dog will be haunting them fucking ever. That dog... I don't know how many dog years up there in heaven that dog's going to be haunting those two demons. But guess what? Charlotte's going to be up their ass, up their ass for the rest of their lives. And every single time, guess what? Every single time in the future, 20 years from now, when Tom Zinzval's cheating on his next child bride, that dog's going to be haunting his ass. And when Rachel's trying to, I don't know, judge a local pageant somewhere, that Bambi-eyed uh, woman, she guess who's going to be there? Charlotte's going to be haunting her. That dog's going to be haunting their ass for the rest of time. And every time that they see something fall off a shelf, every time that they get to chill up their spine, they're going to know it's that Ariana's dog haunting them in the afterlife. And that's the price they're going to have to pay for all these uh, shenanigans they got into. That's the price they're going to have to pay because they try to bamboozle all their friends and now know who's going to come after them? Charlotte the dog. That dog is going to be haunting their ass. And I would not want to be their ass when that dog's haunting them. Because you just know Charlotte's not fucking around. The relationship a person has with their dog, there's no stronger bond. And you just know Charlotte was pissed. Because this happened right after Charlotte passed. And so she's up there in heaven. She's up there in doggy heaven. She's like, I'm going to get those two assholes. I'm going to show them. Rough, rough, bitch. Rough, rough. Okay, so anyway, yeah, they're going to be haunting. Um, anyway, Rachel says she was still, she's in love with Tom since fall. She was and she still is. Tom says he is. This was so uncomfortable. I got, unco- I got like the hives. And then Ariana says, well, you're ugly, you're rotten on the inside like a moldy piece of fruit. Facts, facts. Uh, Ariana says uh, how great that they did this so she could get out of the relationship. And that's really a silver lining because sometimes you're in a relationship and you might not see these signs. And so you to break up with someone, it's easier to break up with someone if they betray you in some way. And so I actually think this was ultimately a good thing, not only for her career and her life, but I think it was good for her to move on because it would have taken Ariana much longer to move on if it was kind of a gray area, right? If you ever try to break up with someone where you're like, well, things are pretty good, but kind of off or not quite happy. And I think a lot of people get stuck in that in-between phase. And so the fact that this demon with the mustache went through this really horrific public midlife crisis at the age of 40 plus, uh, after opening this bar next to a pet store that serves lobster corn dogs that look disgusting, uh, he went through this midlife crisis and it gave Ariana the opportunity to grow and move on and get out of this shitty life that she had been building with this demon. And so I feel so happy for her. And the fact that she realized that I was just so proud and happy and good for her. Uh, okay, so Raquel does have to walk off to get some water. And um, this was so funny. When she walked off to get some water, I gotta get some water. I gotta get some water. Um, and then LVP said to the group, <laughs> she said, uh, I think she did great. I think she did really well. That's what she said. <laughs> Like, I was like, what world? What were you watching, LVP? You thought that was she was doing good? 
I, am I, was I watching it wrong? I thought it was like she was having a horrible performance until those last five minutes. So the fact that LVP is like, oh, I thought she did well. And then she came back. And they talk about that night in the hot tub. Tom says he never hooked up with Rachel in the home, which was a lie. Tom says Ariana deserves all the support. And then Tom brings up all his friends. He says everybody was against, he said the whole world was against him. And then he said it was hard because nobody sent him a text and people were just posting memes online about him. And yeah, no shit, you dummy, because you did this awful thing to somebody that everybody, like I considered them both friends, but of course, then you do something to someone that you love like that. Why would you expect anybody to be your friend after that? Like it was a horrible, horrible thing. And it was like a, a pretty, not even just horrible. It was like an evil thing. So yeah, no shit, you dummy. And you're on a reality show. People meme the shit out of this. That uh, People meme the shit out of everything. Like that's the whole thing you sign up for on the reality show. So yes, he said a text message would be nice. And I was like, well, nobody wanted to, you dummy, because you were being an asshole to somebody that everybody loved. Everybody loved Ariana. Ask most people who are friends. You know, I think I mentioned this on the show a bunch of times, but uh, there was that Tom kept saying like he was the face. And I, I kept feeling like he was misrepresenting them of like saying that in their relationship and with their friends, he was always the, like the front and center of it. And he was always one making the efforts. And I just don't, in my experience, it was the exact opposite. Like I felt like Ariana had developed strong, genuine connections with people. So she might not have been the type of person who was like going out boozing every second and having a, when a, a surface level relationship or surface level friendship with people, she was actually developing strong connections with people, which is like how you maintain good friendships or how you have good friendships. And it always just bugged me that I felt like he keeps trying to present this narrative of like, he was the front facer of the relationship. And I can speak from my own experiences. Like she was the one who was actually developing and becoming close with people and getting to know people. And he was just the one maybe out partying or taking shots with someone, but that's not what a friendship makes. I mean, I, I really, that's the kind of friendship you make in your, when you're in college and your twenties and stuff like that, you're going out drinking and having fun. But I just always felt like that was misrepresented. And I think you could tell not only from all the obvious public support that Ariana has had. But if you look at the friends Ariana is supported by, you could see it in the episode, all those flowers that were at her house that people had sent to her. And there's a reason why everybody really in her inner circle rallied behind her so much because people respect and love her so much in a way that maybe if he was respected and loved as much as she was within her relationships, then maybe he would have had some of those text messages that he's so supportive. And maybe he's learning that now and uh, maybe he'll grow and learn and find out and start developing better friendships and maybe grow as a person. And then that'd be wonderful. And we want that for everyone. We want everyone to grow and learn and come out the other end as a better person, a better human. Uh, and not as a demon. Okay, so then there's also this thing about James saying that Allie is an upgrade, which was so fucking weird, because at the end of the reunion, when Rachel leaves the stage, and then they bring Shishi back from 100 yards away in the trailer with the sun chips and the white claw, so when uh, Rachel's on stage, she gets off stage, she talks to Tom Zinzival backstage, and she's like, oh, it was real rich of James to say that Allie was an upgrade, and she was. And then her and Tom Zinzival have this like weird laughing fit moment where they were just like giggling. Like they were high, stoned or something. I'm not saying they were, but you know when you got the giggles? I was like, oh, they're acting like they got the giggles over this thing about James saying he upgraded. And Allie A is a huge upgrade. And I was 
happy they had some self-awareness when Rachel said, like, yeah, she is an upgrade. But then that weird, evil laugh, and maybe it was just an uncomfortable laugh, but it was so weird to me, you guys. It was so fucking weird. I was like, what are they laughing about? Shut the fuck up. Shut the up. Like, what are you laughing at? It was so weird. There was a lot of, like, giggles, and it's been happening the whole reunion where Rachel's just, like, in a thing, giggling. In the trailer giggling or on stage, it was like, where's the emotion? And I know sometimes when we're in uncomfortable positions, we laugh. Like, I tend to do that, right? Like, I get the church goggles when it's inappropriate. But not when I fucked up. Like, I feel like human nature is to be that way when you're in an awkward scenario or maybe there's tension around you. But not when the tension is about you. Like, if I was Lala at the reunion or if I was Katie or anyone else and there was all that tension about the scandal, like, I'd be giggling then. But w- with her giggling, it was so weird to me because it's like, you're the one that fucked up and you did this horrible thing to your one of your best friends. Like, why aren't you not laughing? Like, at the very minimum, like, why aren't you not laughing? Like, just don't giggle. Like, just pretend you're watching, I don't know, something serious on TV. Just pretend you're watching fucking Angels in America or something that where there's not a whole lot of laughter. And instead of acting like you're watching an episode of Muppet Babies, because you know that's what I believe that she is watching with Tom Sinsoval. I think that's what the only thing that I could possibly imagine that the two of them sit down to watch together is an episode of the 1990s show Muppet Babies. And so she just acts like she's always watching a fucking episode of Muppet Babies, always giggling, like smiling, wide eyed. And I'm like, girl, you need to just like kind of get rid of that face. I mean, not, you know, what I'm trying to say. You know what I'm trying to say? And maybe she has a thing, like, you know how they say resting bitch face? Like, where you can't control your uh, the facial, um, I don't know what they, I don't know if it's called anything. But, you know what I'm trying to say. Maybe she has that thing where she can't control the face, and so she's making the opposite reaction to how she actually feels. But it was really fucking bizarre and inappropriate. And the thing that I don't understand is, like, you're a pageant gal, so shouldn't you know as a pageant gal how you're coming across? Like, isn't that the most important thing when you're a pageant gal? I know part of it, I don't know. It's like, it's so fucking weird. It was, and then she just kept being like, I was so cringe to watch. <laughs> like, my dad sitting down to watch Tulsa King, just, it was real cringe of me. Like, girl, like, what do you not understand? Oh, and then we talk about the lightning bolt thing, which I have, I kind of thought that maybe the lightning bolt would have been like a weird coincidence, but we find out this episode that it was not a coincidence. It was all fucking real, which is crazy to me. And LVP is finding out this was the first time. She's like, how could you do that on camera? And it's like, she's asking for it. She was asking for all this. Like the, the way that they went about all of this, that's why it's hard to feel empathy or sympathy for them because they very clearly were doing things over and over again that we're asking for this reaction. They want this reaction from people because why else would you get the fucking lightning bolt on camera when it had that meaning? Why else would you go up to Ariana at the episode in uh, Christina Kelly's skincare fucking launch or whatever? What were we doing there? I don't remember. Something about Christina Kelly. And so you went up to Ariana at that event for Christina Kelly and you just started asking about her intimacy issues. Like, why else would you do that unless you were asking for it? Asking to be found out, asking for people to be mad at you. Like you were looking for something and you got this something. So anyway, Andy asked about the egg situation. Ariana's like, thank God they're not fertilized. Thank God. Thank God for that. She got some, she lucked out. She got some savings with that one. Savings. (laughs) She probably saved some money too. Savings. Save some money. Cause we're good as gold. Just Sheena in that. (laughs) 
there's like no, <laughs> I hate to make fun of Sheena's singing ability because you know I love it. And I want a full album. I want that whole vinyl that she presented last week at the reunion. I love it. But there's not any sort of, and it's the same way that Countess Luann does it, where it's just like there's not really any vocal ability in the singing. And that's what I want quite frankly. Because there have been times where some of the reality TV stars on Bravo will release a song or something, and anytime they got like a little bit of vocal ability, it's not hitting for us, right? Like, there was a time where Portia Williams from Atlanta, she released a song called like Flatline, and it was like not good, but it wasn't the worst thing you've ever heard, right? And that's not fun for us. Like, we need a full-blown Countess Luanne, Sheena Shea, and Zolciak version, where it's like the most out of tune, even with the auto-tune, it sounds bad. Like, those are the kind of songs that we want to support. Melissa Gorga had on display. It's okay. But Melissa Gorga wasn't bad enough, right? Like, I need a Sheena Shea. I need a Money Can't Buy You class. I need a Tardy for the Party. Something where it sounds bad even in the recorded version. Like, even in the studio version with the auto-tune, it sounds like absolute hell, an aggressive uh, ear situation. Like that's the kind of version of a Bravo Liberty song that I need. And so the fact that Sheena Shea just released Good As Gold is like, it is Good As Gold. And now it's having this real renaissance because of Uber. Saving. Uber's getting all that fucking promo out of us here on Everything Iconic. I'm not even getting paid for the Uber One sponsor. <laughs> but I just love hearing them sing it. Uh, anyway, so yeah, the lightning bolt thing was real. And uh, James had a good blow. He says, a good blow? I've never said that phrase in my whole life. What, uh, what am I saying? He had a good blow? I mean, I've said that for other reasons, but not when it comes to an insult. Uh, ladies, am I right? Uh, anyway, he says that uh, something about a pageant. Oh, LVP says, like, how could you do the lightning bolt thing on camera? She's like, it was like you're acting like it's a pageant, like you're presenting this thing. And James says she's not going to win that pageant either. <laughs> James was really, he was really doing good. He was really doing good. Uh, Andy asked about the name change. Ariana says Rachel has no more friends. And they talk about like the nickname versus a legal name. And it's got really confusing. And I don't even think Rachel understood. I don't think Lala was trying to say like, yeah, my name's a nickname. Because I think that there was a moment where Raquel was trying to present it as like an it's too far, right? Like it's too far of an insult to call her Rachel versus Raquel, right? Like I think that's what she was angling about misusing the name. And Lala is like, no, it's a nickname. Like you can, what are you talking about? Like this is not, this is not a an identity situation. This is a nickname situation, right? So there has, I've seen this argument, people have had this argument of like, it's not appropriate to call her Rachel. And it's like, well, this is a, this is not someone who's, changing their identity or their pronouns or something like this is a person who decides to go by their nickname. And so that's why I think this argument is totally moot because I see people saying it. How dare you call it? People have DM me that you should stop calling her Rachel or Raquel. And it's like, stop calling her by her non nickname. Like what the fuck? Like she's not, these are not pronouns like that. I mean, it's not like someone's identity. Like this is a nickname. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting worked up. And maybe you guys are going to yell at me again. Who knows? Do you see Tom Zinzel had the Kleenex on his head? The Kleenex. He had some Kleenex on his head. DJ James Kenny was calling him poo-poo head. And I wanted someone to say, you got some tissues on your head too. And at one point, uh, Rachel did backstage. She did wipe it off his forehead because he had all these tissue particles. But then she just wiped it on his shirt. Do you notice that? It was like, she just took all the dirt that was on his head and just wiped it right over his dark blazer and all over his blouse. And then just moved on. And that was it. That was it. Oh, I just knocked something over. Sorry. You know what? We're not editing that out because this episode of Everything Iconic is not edited, unedited, unfiltered. 
we're flying by the seat of our pants. It's a live up. Okay. So then they talk about how Tom says Raquel didn't spend the holidays with him, but we think that was a lie. Uh, Sheena's in her trailer and she's like, where's my apology? She's yelling at the screen. <laughs> she just wanted her apology. God bless Sheena. She, I think Sheena somehow by the grace of God, she came out of the season looking phenomenal. Looking phenomenal. Don't even expect that. All season, I kept saying, I was like, she's on the wrong side. She kept defending Rachel. She kept going after Katie. And Sheena just had a terrible season. And yet somehow by the end, I thought, she, she's the MVP. She came out of this good as gold, and she is suddenly the MVP. And not only that, but she's got an Ireclaim contract. Because at the end of the episode, they brought her back on stage and sent Raquel off 100 yards away. And that, I believe, is because Sheena started the show. And I wouldn't be surprised if she, she, her reps or someone, they just decide to throw a fit because I bet you, my theory is that production would have wanted to end with Raquel on stage, right? Am I wrong? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I just would think they would want to end with her because the whole thing was like her and Sandoval. So I would have thought they would have wanted to end with her on stage, but instead they sent off Rachel and brought on Shishi. And I think the reps were probably like, look, Sheena started this fucking show uh, when she walked back to the kitchen of Sir after an episode of The Real House of Beverly Hills. And so I think they might have thrown that in their face and they were like, we got to end it with Sheena. And so somehow Sheena ended on the stage. She ended looking good as gold and she came out on top. She came out on top. Uh, okay, so then Lala, she does stick up because Tom Zinzival says, you don't even love Ariana, she says to Lala. And Lala says, I love Ariana dearly. I ate her cookie in the back of your car and I do it again. I do it again. Saving. And so, yeah, I was proud of her. I hope they do it again. God bless. Whatever makes them happy. And they got these demons out of their lives. It'd probably be way better to hook up with her and have some cookies when Tom Zinzival's not in the car. Because imagine you're trying to hook up with someone, and I know we focus on the on the jacks of it all when he hooked up with that Faith and in the bed with the old lady, and the old lady was there. And we focus on the old lady so much, or I certainly did. I think about that every night of my whole life. I go to bed at night, and I think about the old lady who was sleeping, uh, the hospice care patient that was sleeping next to Faith and Jax as they had sex when he was uh, dating in Kentucky. So I think about that all the time and what a boner killer that would be. I don't know that I'd be able to do it. I don't know that I'd be able to go through with sex. I don't care. God, I don't care if it's fucking Channing Tatum, Idris Elba. I don't care who it is. I don't know that I'd be able to go through with it knowing that there was like a 90-something elderly woman, hospice care woman in bed with us. I just don't think that I'd be able to go through with it. But you know what? Would it be even worse than that? You know what would be even a worse boner killer than the old lady uh, who's sleeping in bed next to us? The worst boner killer would be Tom Zinzival driving a car. Ladies, am I right? Because there's nothing. Could you just imagine sitting like, oh, dude, oh, yeah, dude, oh, do it. You have the cookie, dude. Oh, yeah, oh, 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 oh. Like, that's just what I imagine. I'm driving that fucking car while they're trying to have a nice time in the back seat. Ariana and Lala were probably trying to have a good fucking time. And then this man's just up front like, oh, yeah, like probably playing a nickelback on the radio or some shit like that. Like, oh, yeah, have the quesadilla, man. Oh, yeah, rock star. You know, <laughs> that's a lyric. That's a nickelback lyric for for the um, people who don't know. <laughs> anyway, sorry for quoting nickelback. But let me get back to my point. Ariana and Lala probably just want to have a good time. And then they got that man up front. I don't know if he had the mustache at the time. He said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And so that would be a worse boner killer than uh, the old lady. And so I'd rather fuck next to an old lady. 
And uh, quite frankly, if I was next to an old lady, I would just forget the guy that I was trying to sleep with. And I just want to talk to the old lady because those old ladies, they know more. And I always say that because if you got an old woman next to you, they've lived it. And so you don't pass up the opportunity. If you're near a 90-something woman, you don't pass up the opportunity to get to know that person and her life story. Because guess who's got a story? Everyone, particularly that old lady, a 90-plus woman. They got the best stories of all. And so there's no way I could be having sex, thinking about any sort of sexy time next to a woman 90 plus because they have lived. I want their story. I'm going to get out a notepad and start taking notes to talk to her. I'm going to get my interview cap on and I'm just going to say, hey, I don't know, uh, Rhoda, or I don't know what her name would be, but like, tell me about your life. Tell me about the men. Tell me about the women. Tell me about the loves and the heartbreaks and your career and tell me about everything. Tell me about your family, your kids, your siblings. Like a 90 plus woman's going to have so much knowledge. And so, yeah, I don't know how I started talking about that. Where are we? <laughs> I'm not used to having Diet Coke this late, you guys. I'm not going to be asleep, asleep at night. I will not be sleeping. I'll be catching up on Schwartz on Mars, whatever the fuck that terrible show is that I hate. The worst show ever. Do not watch Stars on Mars, but I will be probably watching it. It'll be like one of those shows where I just all of a sudden I accidentally watch the whole season. And it's like, I don't know what it is. It was like a show where I wished it was like Celebrity Big Brother, but instead they just kept making them do like Mars business. And it's like, I don't need to see them. They're not on actual Mars. So like, why do I got to watch them do Mars business? And by Mars business, I mean like they kept making the cast go out like outside the ship in their astronaut uniforms and then like put shit together build shit in in mars in a fake mars and it's like what are we doing here what is this like we got all these celebrities and especially in the era of scandal like i don't know if i think scandal had just happened when he filmed this show or maybe he had filmed it and then it happened but either way i feel like we have bigger fish to fry than him doing Mars business. Like if you're Fox or whoever produced this show, you sit that man down and you get all the information about Scandal that you can out of him. We don't need to see him running around a fake Mars set in an astronaut outfit. Like what the fuck? And by the way, on that show, the funniest thing was that the gal from modern family, I forget her name, the young, the young woman from modern family, the daughter, Julie Bowen's daughter, which, which speaking of Julie Bowen's daughter, I'm sorry, to, we're getting like way off track here. Remind me to get back to the Modern Family Gal. But I also just saw this interview where the the girl from Shameless, like the young woman from Shameless, she, her name is Emmy, I believe, but she's playing Tom Holland's mother, which is crazy to me because she's 10 years older. And I'm like, what is going, what's wrong with Hollywood? Like we're making this woman play the mother of a 10 years. Uh, anyway, okay, back to the gal from Modern Family. Okay, so she's on Mars and she thinks that Lance Armstrong <laughs> she thinks that Lance Armstrong is Neil Armstrong. So Lance Armstrong is one of the contestants and the girl from our family she is like, "Oh my god, you're like a real astronaut." And she's telling everyone. I think Portia from Houses of Atlanta is like, "What girl?" <laughs> Even Portia who didn't know the Underground Railroad on famously on the Real House of Atlanta, she was looking at the gal from Modern Family and was like, "What the fuck, girl?" Like, did they not have teachers on set of Modern Family because how do you not know that uh Neil Armstrong and Lance Armstrong are different people? Anyway, do not watch that Mars show, please. It's the worst show ever. It's the worst show. But they had Tom Schwartz there, and they're just making him do Mars business. Okay, so what else is? Do we talk about? Um, 
Okay, so they go backstage to Zinzaval and Rachel backstage was crazy. They showed very little remorse. And Tom's vocabulary is terrible. He's just like, yeah, this sucks, man. <laughs> like, that's all he has to say after all this whole thing. This whole thing that we're going through, he's just was sitting there backstage with her and, yeah, this sucks, man. And how, uh, how would we not lie about this, he said. How could we go through this and not lie about it? It's like, what do you mean? And they're just, like, giggling with each other. They're giggling. Just like two... Just two old dummies just giggling. Just two, I mean, just imagine. Imagine the conversations between those two. Behind closed doors. I'm not talking about on camera. Of course, we're seeing on camera these two together. But imagine behind closed doors. I'm talking after after hour one of being together. After, think about it. Think about it. We're seeing the highlight reel on this show. So we're seeing the little moments where they're talking to each other. But imagine all them other minutes they're together without a camera crew where the footage is not edited down. And it's just the two of them hanging out at somebody's house, hanging out at, together, alone in an apartment, alone at Zinzval's house, wherever. Imagine the conversations. Just probably uh, imagine them. Just imagine. Use your imagination. Use your imagination because it must be the most insane, stupid conversations in the whole world. I mean, just two dummies just staring at each other, just staring right into each other's eyes. And at least she's got she's got beautiful eyes. She does have beautiful eyes. So staring into beautiful eyes. So I guess that's good. I mean, she's got to look at that mustache and those white painted grippers, but at least he, I don't know. I hate to even, whatever. Okay, so then um, they're laughing backstage. They bring Shishi back because of her fantastic contract. Sheena, they do an update. Sheena says she doesn't want any babies soon. Schwartz says there's only 5% chance he's going to get married again. And Katie says she doesn't think she'll go through with a wedding, and she's not sure about kids, but she just wants to like travel and have a hot new young man every month. And I fully support this version of Katie, actually. I really hope that's what happens. Just give us a new satchel every month. And I hope that every man that she dates next season has a name like a satchel. Because I love that man, and satchels seem to move on. But I hope that Katie dates, because here's the thing that really surprised me with Satchel, is it made me think, like, what's Katie's type? Like, I thought I maybe understood it, but now I'm like, I want us, I want us to explore that. Like, maybe there should be some sort of, can we do Katie on The Bachelor or Bachelorette or whatever the what that show is? Can we get her on there? Maybe we need to write this down. Write this down. Matt, write this down. He's not even here. <laughs> I'm going to write this down. I think she should maybe be the next Bachelorette. Can we get, uh, who's over there on ABC these days? Do they still do that show? I think I was reading they're doing like an old person, a golden bachelor. I'm excited about that. I'll watch it. Uh, okay, so then where are we at here? No, she's not sure about kids. Uh, Sanzival says he's human, makes a mistake. He cries. He can't speak. I, this was some humanity I was getting from him. He says to Ariana, I will always love you and always be cheering you on from afar. And she says, well, I will not be cheering you on. <laughs> she said, I will not forgive you and I will not be cheering you on from afar. And I loved it. And then she says, Ariana says, I'm really grateful for everyone. And she names everyone except for Schwartz and Sinsaval. And I loved it. She said, "Not none for you, Sheila Schwartz or Tom Sinsaval. None for you. Uh, LVP then cries and she says, I hope we can find some forgiveness and compassion. And I said, I don't. We're not interested. Shut the f- up. Well, that's great. I reject it. We don't know. I'm not. I mean, I don't know. I just thought it was too, too soon. Of course, we want everyone. I, I want us to say on everything iconic. I want to be on the record. We do want everyone to find compassion for each other, forgive. And we want everyone to grow and move on. Of course. Of course. But I just thought it was the wrong time for her to be saying that. It was like, maybe let's take a beat, LVP. And um, I know you're trying to protect the businesses, but let's take a beat. 
let's take a beat. And Andy finally, he does say, he's like, well, everyone needs a little time. And I think that's right. We do need a little time. And then maybe we can have some um, move forward momentum. momentum. Then they wrap, they take the photo, and DJ James Kennedy starts singing as he's leaving the stage. He's like, these are the best days of our lives. <laughs> which, which, okay, that song is also, ha- the theme song of Aaron Pump Rules is also having this renaissance right now. Like, they're playing it in the clubs. They're playing it at weddings, graduations, in the clubs. And so this song is really having a moment. And I love the slowed down version of it, which they've played a million times. And it always comes in the trailer where it's like a dramatic part of the trailer. And like, these are the best days of our lives. Well, here's my request for next season. I need a dramatic slowed down version of Good as Gold. So I want to hear, I don't care if it's the Uber One version or the other original, but I need a slowed down dramatic. So the next time that Sheena finds herself within the drama and they're going to tease it, I it I beg of them. I beg of Bravo, uh, Vanderpump Rules producers, editors, whoever's doing this, whoever's putting together the trailers, I beg of them the next time that she, she's involved in any drama and is presented to us in a trailer, please, I'm on my knees begging. I'm on my knees doing something that I don't like to do on my knees. I like to do the other thing. Ladies, am I right? But I'm begging, play a slowed down version of Good as Gold. Please, please, just a slowed down dramatic version. And it might be harder to mix. I don't know. I'm not a sound mixer. I do edit this podcast, but I'm not a great sound mixer. So I don't know how we were going to do it. It might be kind of jarring to hear like, because we're good as gold. Like, I don't know. That's going to be jarring because it's really just a shout. She's not necessarily singing to a note. She is essentially shouting, which, and we love her for it. We love her for it, but it is a shout. And so it will be hard to make dramatic, but I'm, certain that if there's uh, anyone in the world that could do it, it's the Bravo editors and the people behind the scenes at Bravo HQ, because I know that they can make magic happen. I know that from this season of season 10 of Vanderpump Rules. Uh, Okay, then we get that six days later thing. And that's when uh, Rachel sits down with the producer and she wants to tell the truth. She starts off by laughing and that uh, I was like, oh, this is not good. She was like giggling and I thought she was going to give us one of the... (laughs) I will never get over that Roger Rabbit sound. Like, like Raquel, do you feel bad about what you've done? Well, I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> like, that's her excuse for this whole thing. Anyway, so she sits down with the producer, and she says, it was a regular thing. The second time they fucked was in Mexico. The first night he was really drunk, and he was trying to find a room. And I remember the footage from that Mexico trip, and I'm sorry, I do not believe, allegedly, uh, everything I'm saying on this podcast is alleged, but I do not believe that he was just drunk. And I'm not sure everyone could use their imaginations, what they think. But remember that footage where he kind of, he was being awkward with Raquel and he was like, oh, Raquel. And do you remember what I'm talking about in Mexico at Shishi's wedding? And Ariana's like, shut up, Tom, because she was sitting there too. It was like a really weird moment. And I just, everyone could use their imagination about what it was, but I don't think it was just like some Coors Light or something. That's my opinion. But allegedly it's in my opinion, because I don't know. Um, And then they fucked a bunch in Mexico which is crazy. Like that was Shishi's wedding and she was making out with Tom Schwartz. Like she was making out with shoeless. It's all like so crazy. And then she had also lied about meeting it or meeting his mom. But then now she is sort of copping to being in St. Louis. Like they showed a picture of her in St. Louis, but then she said she wasn't. And she tells the uh, producer these things. And he says, you're telling me everything with your face, but your actions are saying something different. Like he's saying, or her words are saying something different than her actions or showing something different. And it was so true. It was weird. Wasn't it weird? It was weird. 
It was weird. Wasn't it weird? How fucking weird. It was weird. I don't know what else to say. It was weird. Because if she was finally being herself and like copying to some of this stuff, but it was so weird to me before she finally did and how hard it was to get the truth out of her. And I was shouting at the screen, like the truth will set you free. And so was the producer was really, I, I, I was surprised actually that they showed so much of the producer saying, like he said something like you ripped the bandaid off. What's one more detail. And I thought it gave us a really good inside view of what it's like for the cast members with production, because you know, they always use these kind of phrases like, well, you already ripped the bandaid off. What's telling us one more detail. And I bet you they always do that, but we normally don't get to see those moments. Cause I don't think, I mean, I love the producers cause they do a great job in this show, but I don't think that paints them in the best light to see a producer interviewing her and saying, uh, you, well, you rip what's one more detail. And I'm grateful because it gave us this moment, which was so incredible, but I was surprised that they, kept that in there. And she cries and she says, Tom wanted to lie because it's a bad look. And they hooked up in the house and she says, I hate being deceitful. And then it ended really weird. And here's the thing. So I watched it and I was like confused, but I felt like it was when I watched the Sopranos, remember the Sopranos finale where Tony Soprano, if you haven't watched the Sopranos, you need to, it's a fantastic show, but it ended in this very ambiguous way where it just cut to black. Right. So before at the very end of the very last episode of Sopranos, it just goes to black and everyone was sitting there like, what happened to my cable? What the fuck is going on? This was pre-Twitter days, I believe. Maybe Twitter was around, but very new, but it was a long time ago. But if you watched it live, which so many of us were because it was such an amazing show and we were all so excited for the finale, we thought like, what the fuck happened here? That's the same feeling I got when I watched Vanderpump Rules. It ends on like the mid-sentence or there was like a breath from Rachel or an exhale or something. And I was like, holy fuck, like this is art. This is art. This is Sopranos series finale. Like this is... Uh, to be continued, that's an actual to be continued. This is a, did my cable box just turn off situation? Like, this is that. This is that. This is history. I'm sorry, I'm worked up. I'm just shouting, this is history in my uh, house. Like, I hope the neighbor, <laughs> I hope the window's not open. The neighbor's going to think I'm fucking nuts. I mean, they already do think I'm nuts. They do think I'm nuts. I did accidentally eat my neighbor's food. That's neither here nor there. The point is, that was the end of the episode, and I... They better get the mics on because I need us to go. I need us to go full steam ahead after that ending because I'm on the edge of my seat to see what happens next. I'm going to watch what happens live. Go to bravotv.com for more information. Anyway, thank you all. You guys, I do have some thoughts about Orange County. So this is running long. My voice is already going too. And I know I got to get this episode out because it's, I got to get it out. But so real quickly, we will dive in more to Orange County next week. I promise we'll get to Orange County. And now the Vanderpump's in the rear view. We're going to be able to focus on our franchises uh, of the Housewives. We're going to be able to focus on the Real House of Orange County. We'll get to talk. I thought the Jersey. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic. A North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. 
Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. Reading, I think it's going really well. Does anyone else think it's going really well? I'm loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving it. Although it's fucked up. And like, what was Louis doing behind the scenes with the top off? I was like, put a blouse on Louis. Like, what is going on? Do you remember those commercials in the 90s for Gushers fruit snacks? Do you know those Gushers fruit snacks? Well, back in the 90s, they used to have these really creepy commercials that gave me night terrors. Still to this day. Still to this day. The, when I lay my head down at night, it's just this. Saving. Well, that's great. I reject it. It's that, and then it's the Gushers commercial. And that's what I see at night when I close my eyes. Because the Gushers commercial was so frightening. It was like they had these humans that look like fruits. And so they had this like man that was like a strawberry. Or this woman that was a grape. You know, like it, that, you know what I'm talking about? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? 90s kids know what I'm talking about. And so it was like, that's what I thought Louie looked like backstage, just looking like that man from the Gushers commercial that looked like a strawberry, because, you know, he's so red. And I was like, is this a Gushers commercial? But I'm like, put on a top. Like, where, somebody get Louie his blouse. Somebody get Louie his blouse. Was there no one on set that day to get him a blouse? Like, put anything on. Drape him with a curtain if you need to. I don't fucking care. Just get something on that man. I don't need to see his nips out. I mean, what was going on? Him just running around backstage. I mean, just running around backstage, no top on. When the cameras are there. So it wasn't like you're not aware that the game, and I believe, was he mic'd up too? So it's like you're mic'd up, like put on a tap. What are you doing? I mean, I'm not, normally I love when a man's out of a blouse, but anyway. And I do think the thing with Melissa and Teresa, that's really interesting. I, I don't think Teresa's having a good reunion. I, I That's my opinion. I don't think she's coming across great. I don't think it's particularly Louie. I don't think it's coming across great. And so Melissa also has this like energy where she, I feel like she finally is over the relationship and the dissolution of the relationship. And so I think this is the best Melissa has come across because I never liked the seasons. I've said this on the show before. I never liked those years where it was like, they're kind of kissing each other's ass, but they clearly hate each other. Like that always felt so disingenuous to me. So I at least like with them fighting where it just feels like, Oh, okay. I'm breathing a sigh of relief. Cause I'm like, okay, good. I know Teresa hates her. I know Melissa hates her. So we're finally acknowledging it because I feel fucking nuts when they were sitting there on the reading stage for so many years being like, I love her, but then everything is very clear that they hate each other. So that's why I think Melissa finally, and in those other reunions, I feel like Teresa always looked better. Melissa always was kissing her ass a little bit, I thought, uh, to keep the peace in the family, I understand. But now this season with Melissa finally, it's seemingly like taking the gloves off. I'm like, oh, okay, this is, I think, 
interesting. It's an interesting side of Melissa. So I'm excited to see where it goes next week. But oh, the other thing is like Danielle, like Danielle on the Real House of New Jersey reunion, she got this piece of information. Like Andy is telling her, like, you were set up by Jen and Teresa. And Danielle is just like not even engaging or reacting to it. She finally backstage on a hot mic moment says, like, oh, they were setting me up. She says to the husband. But I'm like, Danielle misses every opportunity to be a really good housewife. And I want to like her a lot, but she's not giving us an opportunity to. I'm also afraid Jackie, this has to be Jackie's last season, I believe. It just, it just from the viewing audience, I'm not saying my personal opinion, but it's very clear to me that she just didn't bring enough to the reunion. I just don't think that, I don't think she'll be back. I think she may be like pop in for an appearance or two, but I don't think there'll be much more than that. Fessler, though, is my MVP of the, I love, I loved her. I loved her. We talked about Sopranos earlier. Fessler talked about having sex with Tony Soprano. So I love her. I just, I like her a lot. And I like Rachel Fuda Fetta, really warm to her. So I think next season they'll all be back, actually. I think Teresa and Melissa will both be back. I do. That's where I'm sticking to. Okay, Orange County. Uh, let's see, Hip and Casita. You guys, I think we have to save this for next week. I mean, Pickleball. Can I, we talk about Pickleball for a minute, though? What are they doing Pickleball on every fucking show? Can we not? Can we not do the t- pickleball? I've had enough of the pickleball. Enough of the pickleball. Uh, also, Emily Hip Simpson drinks out of a dog bowl. She drank out of a dog bowl because she heard it was cleaner than anything else. She said it was cleaner than anything else, and she didn't know where she heard that from, but she heard it. Casita, uh, she <laughs> Kasita, she went to the ortho to get the kids' braces off. She looks good, Casita. She looks good. You guys, we're going to do this next week. We're going to do this next week because I have too many thoughts about uh, Heather Dubrow having to massage Terry Dubrow's feet on camera. I mean, I am disgusted by that. I also want to properly give time to Tamara uh, coming back to the rails of Orange County because it was triumphant return. Seeing her on that motorcycle, just uh, ride on into frame. And also, I like that this series opener, the season opener, it felt fresh. It felt low stakes, but in like a fun way to me. And it felt just refreshing. Even like that new gal who to me was really not great <laughs> like that. What's her name? Jen. She was fine. She was fine. And I say not great because she just didn't do much of anything to me, but she does feel very Orange County to me. So I think that's promising of like, it, it feels like this woman that would hang out with these other women. It doesn't feel exactly like they're just I know some of the cast editions previously, I'm just like this, who's this person? Like, what are they doing here? Um, so I don't, I'm curious to see where that goes. And Tamara, it's fun to watch her come back and the whole cast who I don't actually be think would be friends. As soon as the show ends, as soon as lights are off on the show, I don't believe any of them will talk to Heather Dubrow. I don't think Gina and anyone will talk to each other. I don't think any of them like Shannon, not a single bit. It's very clear to me that they all hate Shannon and, that's for sure. I don't think any of them actually like Shannon. They can all tell us that. And they can all pretend, maybe post on social media and stuff, but I will not buy for one second that any of them actually like Shannon. And I don't think Shannon likes any of the rest of them. Uh, but it's interesting to watch Tamara come back and they all have to sort of bow down to her a little bit because they thought they got rid of Tamara because I don't think they liked Tamara. And so they were all so excited when Tamara left the show and then the show started flopping. And then they even brought Dubrow back, Shamps, and then the show was still flopping. And then they had to bring Tams back, and now they're bringing Vicky Gumpelson back. And so they needed her, but all these people now having to film with her again after they were so happy that she was gone is really interesting. It was really interesting. Now, I did have very high expectations for this season opener, so that was 
my expectations were so high that maybe it didn't live up to the expectations and that was troubling to me. But I'm hopeful that it was just like a refreshing start to the episode, start to the season. And then we're going to get into the juicy stuff coming next week with a sit down between Shannon and uh, Tams. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Cautiously optimistic. It didn't quite live up to my high expectations because we need a return to form. We can't do another flop season. Can't do it. Can't do it. So anyway, next week on the show, we'll be talking more about all this stuff because I want to devote more time to all of our housewives stuff because is we're not giving our time to it. We're not giving our time to it. And I need to, I need to, but the scandal has been taking up so much of our energy. Uh, I want to remind you all to get tickets to my live show. Again, I know I mentioned that earlier in the episode, but go to everythingiconic.com. Come see me in October. Hopefully, I'll be able to add more cities next year, but I think this will be it for this year. So hopefully, you'll be able to see it. Uh, the live shows are really, really fun. I just got off a few dates back earlier this year in March, and we had the best time, truly. And I try to keep the live shows very special because that's another reason why I don't want to record them or re- release them into the podcast feed because I want everyone to, ha- I want it to be like a special thing. So I'm going to try to go as many places as I can. I know uh, it's hard. I haven't been able to make it to all the cities, but I am trying to go to as many places as I can. And uh, it's very complicated. I'm not the one who organizes all that stuff, but it's very complicated. There have been cities I've tried to go to that we couldn't work out a date or it didn't work with the routing. There has to be like a routing schedule and it's, it's very complicated. Also, I tried so hard to keep the cost of the tickets as low as they would possibly let me. And it, so there's a lot of moving parts to all of it. So I am trying my best to get to everywhere and make it as affordable as possible. Cause I know a night out, especially you, you got kids and got to find a sitter and then you, dinner and I mean it's a lot. So I'm I'm believe me I did everything in my power. I said please get the tickets as low as we can possibly go. And I know they're offering some place with meet and greets so if you want to spend for the um for the uh, uh, higher price tickets to get meet and greet like you know all that. But anyway, go to everythingiconic.com while you can and get the tickets and come see me in October. And uh, the book, my first book is called How Do I Unremember This? It's in Target stores now as the Target Book Club pick of the month. So you can get it. The paperback version is also available everywhere with a brand new chapter. And then my new book is called The Jolliest Bunch, and it'll be out at the end of October. So on that tour, we'll be able to celebrate. It'll be around the time of release and all that kind of good stuff. So all that said, I love you all so much for listening. I love you all so much. The Scandaval, it's been incredible. And so many new listeners to Everything Iconic, so many people. It's been crazy. I, it's been overwhelming the amount of people coming to Everything Iconic and watching the show grow. And I'm so incredibly grateful to all of you who have shared. And I know we'll probably be losing a lot of you, but I hope you'll stick with Everything Iconic because we'll be recapping all the housewife stuff. And then I will be diving into And Just Like That. I'm going to be going full tilt into And Just Like That recaps starting very soon at the end of June. So I hope you'll stick with us here at Everything Iconic if you just came on for Scandaval. And uh, if not, we will see you next season for the Vanderpump Rules season 11, which there have been lots of rumors about, like, is it going to be changing or anything? They're not changed. They're not going to change the name of the show. I don't believe they'll change. They might bring in some cast members. I think the producer said they're going to bring some old cast members back for appearances, but I don't think... I don't think they'll be main cast members. I think they'll be appearances. Uh, but otherwise, they're not changing the name of the show. They're, I don't think they're going to split the show. I don't think they're going to do anything like that because the show's just having such a huge moment. It seems too risky to me, I think. Anyway, uh, find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. 
Oh, and last thing, we got the Sheena Shea It's All Happening temporary tattoos available at everythingiconic.store. We just restocked. We also have a lot of other fun merch exclusive uh, t-shirts over there uh, at everythingiconic.store. All the merch over there. And love you all so much. Stay safe and we'll talk soon. Let's leave with a little Good As Gold remix because I think that we should all be listening to this in our heads tonight. Love you all. Good night. All right, ladies, we are back in the studio with the Good As Gold remix for Uber One. I got this Uber One tip for ya. Hot membership, oh yeah. To save on rides and eat savings. We're busting hunger is coming. We could be Gucci falling with member savings so sweet. Uber One is good as gold. Uber One is good as gold. Good as gold. Also, does Ariana say bussin'? She says bussin' in that, right? Am I making that up? Anyway. Saving! Love you all. Bye. (laughs) 